What's up, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the best podcast in the tri-state area. This is episode 64 of the Hogline Podcast. What? We're not even in the same tri-state. We're not even in the same state. Remove the tri. Well, one day, um, we will be the best. We'll be the best podcast in the world one day. I believe that. Yeah. Um, But nonetheless, we're back. Uh, we took a week off, but we got to talk about the Super Bowl and all that jazz. So welcome, folks. Thanks yeah. for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. How are you, Jack? I am good. You got a haircut, it seems. I did, and I like it a lot. I don't usually say that. Well, it's, I'm glad you could get haircuts now before you are bald in about 10 years. Well, we have the same hairline. You think so? I don't know. And my hairline has always been like this. It's not like going back. Mm. Maybe I'll put a poll up. Will Jack be bald in in uh, by 2032? That's 12 years. That's 12 years too. That's not. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll see. Um. Anyway, uh, we've got this is our Super Bowl episode, Super Bowl preview. We're gonna be talking about the game on Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, we'll be giving you the what we think the best matchups are, the X factors, the best prop bets if you want to play some wagers, uh, what we think the score of the game will be, and all that. Um, and then we'll be giving you our top three Super Bowl moments um, uh, since we've been alive that we remember. So it'll be a and fun we, ex- we excluded Steeler moments because that would just be the whole list. So non-Steeler yeah. moments. Yeah, I mean, it would have been too obvious. We probably both would have had the San Antonio Holmes catch number one and probably yeah. the Harrison interception somewhere in there, probably two yep. or three. So, yeah, yeah it's probably a good move on our part to exclude that. So uh, you'll be getting some other moments within the past, uh, you know, 15 to 20 years that we remember watching football. Um, but to backtrack a little bit, uh, on a sadder note, we're going to have to talk about uh, the news that broke on Sunday Afternoonish, um, as all of you know by now, uh, because this is you know four or five days after it happened. But uh, former Laker Kobe Bryant passed away on Sunday morning in a tragic helicopter accident. Um, his daughter Gianna was also on board, as well as seven other people, and there were no survivors. Um, it was, I it was crazy. Um, where were you when you? Found out the news. I was studying, and you know, couldn't get much studying done after that. I, uh, I mean, I honestly, I've never. I don't think I've ever like experienced such like a. I can't even put it to words. Just like, it's just we. Probably the most influential figure in my time that has died. I don't know, like, I... Like unexpected, it's, it's, an unexpected death. I mean, I Kobe feel... Kobe Bryant, you know, like, <laughs> it's... Yeah, I don't know, but... Yeah, I was... Well, I was actually... I was at uh, my girlfriend's house, and I was just sitting there, and actually, Ryan Rugel was the first one to text me. Really? And he didn't even say what it was. He just said... I, I'll read the text exactly what he said, but he... What did he say? And I, did, I didn't even know what was going on because I didn't get any alerts yet. He texted me, like, I'd say 10 minutes before everything broke. He said, bro, I'm in shock right now. And then I didn't – I was so confused. I didn't know what that meant. And then he said it, and then all the alerts came, you know, rushing to my phone. And it was just crazy. But, yeah, you're right. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't – It doesn't. It – uh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I can't like a week like I don't know. There's no words to really say. Um, he's like he's the he was probably the most yeah influential and just so widely known. Like people, like my girlfriend's family, they don't really know like basketball too well. I mean, her dad does, but like they all knew who he, like everyone knows who he is. Everyone, yeah, everyone knows Kobe. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. 
Yeah, it was. It's so odd, and it was very odd that it happened the night after LeBron passed him in the scoring. I game. know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, and like he, did you see the Sharif O'Neal how he posted the Instagram direct messages? No. Uh, maybe. He posted it. He said like I was literally talking. He posted direct messages with him and Kobe, and it was from that morning. Wow. It said like eight. 19 a.m. Kobe like asked him like how he was doing or something like that. Wow. So yeah, it was, that's it's so bad and just awful. Um, so obviously all our thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to the Bryant family and all the other families that lost loved ones on that day. Um, you know, I uh, real quick, let's wrap up on it. I. Uh... I mean, I've always, uh, I didn't, I never disliked Kobe at all, but I, uh, I wasn't like a, uh, a Kobe fan like some people are, you know, you know what I mean? You know, like I wasn't like Kobe's like my, I didn't idolize Kobe as many people did, I'd say. Maybe that's the right word. Yeah, I mean, I, of course, I always like thought he was an amazing player, like third best of all time. I mean, you know, and all that. But, I mean, still, it's just, I feel like it's, I don't know, I just, I feel like I, <laughs> it's so weird, I, I don't mean to laugh, it's just like, I feel like Kobe was a, after experience, I don't say I experienced his death, but like, after experiencing his death, I'll just say that for now, like, I feel like Kobe was a bigger part of my life than I realized. I know that might sound weird, but just like, I don't know. Like one of the biggest figureheads in sports and basketball and how much I love basketball. Like one of them is gone. That's just weird. And I, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, I was sadder than I thought. And, um, I guess one way, one thing to take out of this is, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like Kobe would have, uh, appreciated this if you know people can learn something from him but you know take his mamba mentality and like you know never give up and just have that like killer instinct and just whatever you do you know I feel like that's something that you should live by and right. Kobe would have wanted that so I think that's something that uh, people should incorporate into their daily lives after you know after this yeah, that was very well said. I know exactly what you mean, how I feel like maybe we took him for granted because, like, yeah. he is such, he was such a big part of watching basketball growing up. And uh, and obviously he's someone who would have accomplished a lot more. You know, like, he had so much more. He was going to do so much more in his uh, what would have been, you know, 40, 50 years that he should have had left on this earth. Um yeah. So obviously it's yeah you're right and I I took it a little harder than I thought too I it was just obviously so unexpected so yeah um but yeah we'll move on uh from that we'll go and we're gonna transition to talking about the Super Bowl what I I I honestly forgot is this Super Bowl fifty four do you know that sounds good yeah I think yes 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 yes, yes. Yeah, because I think Super Bowl. I always remember Super Bowl Fifty was when I graduated high school. So yeah, twenty sixteen. Yes, yeah. Right. Okay. So Super Bowl Fifty Four between the 49ers and the Chiefs. Yes. Um, I'm excited. I think we got, you know, I think these are the two best teams. I think this is yep what we needed to get. Hope I'm just praying it's not a letdown like last year. Like last year was just I did not enjoy myself. I really didn't. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it will. But I I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope. Um, but what do you have for the best matchup? Uh, I, this could be a player versus a player or like a group of players versus another group of players or the coaches or whatever. So what would you put for this one? I got two. Uh, you also have two, I believe, right? Uh, no, I just have – I have one. But, yeah, you oh, can go okay. share your first one. Um, my first one is – Tyreek Hill's speed over Richard Sherman, which I really hope Richard Sherman is going to be guarding him because I'm kind of just making the assumption the best corner versus best receiver. Um, I don't know. Do you think they will be matched up against each other? 
I'm not sure. Uh, okay. If, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can speak hypothetical. If that's the case, I mean, I really like Richard Sherman. Um, you know, one of the most uh, iconic players of our generation. And uh, I still think he can compete. Obviously, he can. He's had a great season. He's an all-pro. He's an all-pro this year. Um, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll fact check it, but go ahead. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, he's 31, and Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest players I've ever seen. And I think that he's going to get burnt. I mean, we saw him get burnt by Devonta Adams, NFC Championship, and I think if that's the matchup, Tyreek can exploit him. I know he doesn't cover man, but still, I mean, you can get a head start on Tyreek Hill. He's still going to blow Richard Sherman out of the water, and I think that that matchup can be exploited. Um, yeah. I mean, do you want to go for your what yours or trust him other one? No, I'll go. Richard Sherman was on the right. second. Second team all pro. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good one. It's uh that'll be fun to watch. I think Ty I don't know. I Tyreek Hill's my dynasty team and I'm biased and I like watching him play and then I want the Chiefs to win, but I guess I'll be pulling for the Tyreek Hill side of that. You don't want the Chiefs to win? I do want the Chiefs to win. Okay. All right. Yeah. Alright. Uh who's what's your other matchup? I have the 49ers defensive line versus the Kansas City offensive line. Okay. The 49ers are the best. They're at their best when they can pressure the quarterback, which they consistently have done all year. And Mahomes is at his best when he has time. I mean, he can create, obviously, but Mahomes is, I guess, generally used to having time to allow his skill position players to run the routes and make plays. But this will be interesting because I feel like if they can pressure Mahomes, it'll make – his day a lot harder. I still think Mahomes can kind of overcome it and maybe have a good game instead of an amazing game. So, but that could be the difference between winning and losing. So if they can, I mean, keeping Mahomes in check is, it could be 280 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns and an interception as opposed to having 350 and three. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a bad day for Mahomes is usually people's good games, but I don't know if they can limit him. That'll probably be, um, it could be the deciding factor. So I think this will be a fun one to watch. See if they can hold up and stop Nick Bose and everybody else. True. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, Interestingly enough, I, uh, my other matchup is the 49ers offensive line versus the Chiefs defensive line. (laughs) Okay. Um, Particularly in the defensive line of the Chiefs, Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Um, so the, the Chiefs defensive line, I think is better, is an upgrade that is an upgraded version of the Packers of defensive line. Would you agree? E- yeah. Not much. Yeah. But it's better. And, yeah. um, Niners got a great O-line. Um, but I think that, uh, you give a team like the Chiefs and Andy Reid two weeks to prepare, I think that they're really going to focus on limiting Raheem Mostert and preventing that offensive line. Because that offensive line is opening up holes for Mostert. And he when he finds a hole, he goes. So I really think maybe not just the defensive line, but also the, the linebackers and just any man to, to fill the gaps uh, that are created by the offensive line. I just think – I think the – the running game of the Niners is going to be uh, not as successful. I mean, it's hard to follow up a 224 yard, four, four touchdown performance. Uh, but I don't think, I just think that they're going to scheme so hard, like defensively against that, that O line, uh, trying to open stuff up for most, and I think they're going to struggle. Okay. That's fair. They definitely uh, limited Derrick Henry. I think he only had 60 something yards in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I, I know he scored a touchdown, but yeah. he. Uh, it was not a direct snap touchdown. I mean, it was. So, and yeah. I mean, it was, at, it was at like the one yard line, so there's not really right, right, right. there. Right. But overall, they did limit Henry, and that's the uh, major factor in why they won. So, yeah, the Kansas City defense is, and particular defensive line, is really playing kind of well in the playoffs. So, um, 
Yeah, that's a that's one to monitor and see if they can limit the running game of San Francisco. Uh, so who are your X factors? Uh, we got one for each team. Oh, uh, mine are on the same team, but it, oh, I okay. I do have two of them. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll just say the uh the Chiefs Chiefs X factor I have is Damian Williams. Okay. Um, what he, I don't remember what he has done in the two playoff games that they've had. But he's I'll done look. well. He scored two touchdowns. <sighs> he scored two touchdowns against the in the divisional round, and they had one last week. It might have been flipped. No, you're right. Two against the Texans and one against the Titans. Yes. Um, right. So obviously, with the endless you know talent in their passing attack that the Chiefs have, then I feel like the Niners are going to, going to be primarily focused on limiting them. Uh, but if the Chiefs can get the, if the Chiefs can get the ball past the Niners defensive line with Dame Williams on the ground, then that'd be huge for them. Like, and I think that like a successful day out of Damian Williams is going to put the Chiefs over the edge and just, they're going to be too much to handle. Cause then Damian Williams keeps breaking off runs. Um, and is producing, they're going to have to shift their focus back to the run game, and then you all of a sudden you got Terry Kill shaking up the sideline or Kelsey across the middle. Like, it's just, there's problems all over. If Like, Damian Williams is, like, their their weakest skill position guy, probably. Like, one of, I mean, not weakest, but not the strongest, I'd say. And if you get him going, then that, that means trouble, I'd say. Yeah, you're right. He... He does have three touchdowns in the playoffs, and he does have five in his last three games. Yeah. But in the playoffs, he only averages 3.1 yards per carry. So, um, and he's had under 50 yards both games. So, hopefully, but you're right. He just, he doesn't need to have an outstanding game. He needs to just exceed expectations a little bit. Yeah. That'll keep the defense honest. And then if they're, if, like you said, if they have to worry about the run, then – it will probably be too much to handle. Yeah. What's uh, yours? I have – well, my first one is Raheem Mostert because uh, he, I think he's going to be leaned upon heavily. I still don't – I mean, I'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo later on here, but I don't know. He just doesn't – I still feel like they're just being cautious with him. Like, I don't know if they trust – he threw the ball eight, game, eight times last game. So Right. Mostert's going to be leaned upon heavily, and I don't know if I did this right because when you asked me, you asked me how do I define X factor? Like who? Like what? What type of person should we put for this? Right. I said to you, someone if they have a big game will largely result in their team's success, and this I kind of did this backwards, I guess, because Mostert needs to have a good game, I think, for the 49ers to win. But just because he has a good game doesn't necessarily mean they'll win. But my point is, Mostert needs to have a good game, and he could be a difference maker at the end. But I, I the, Matt Breed is healthy, right? Yeah, I was gonna ask you the status on them. Is Coleman and Breida both healthy? I know Breida. Breida was out there in the NFC Championship game. I don't know about Coleman though. I think they're. I believe they're both healthy and. I mean, I think that's just – I don't know if I said this on an episode. This isn't even that related to Zerul. But um, just having I, – I, I love all three backs. I think all three backs are talented. And just having a running back, a backfield that deep where you could just keep filtering in fresh legs. Like, I feel like that's the way – that's the way the NFL is moving. And the Niners are ahead of the curve in, in that aspect. And I think that if they keep that core there, that's going to – really put like give them a, an advantage over a lot of teams or then like in the coming seasons you know but um and it'll help in the Super Bowl too obviously so yeah right what are we been talking about X I, I was saying how yeah. Mostert is an X factor but who knows yeah. I mean he was obviously the workhorse against Green Bay but maybe they'll give the other two guys some more work so right right uh, we'll see, but one of these backs is going to show up big time, or they'll have to show up in order for the Niners to win. Um, but I, I just like Mostert. I think he looks really good when I like when I watch him play. He just gets he gets at least five yards every single time. And right, I don't know if that's right. credit to the offensive line or Kyle Shanahan and the way he draws plays up. 
or Mostert or a combination of all three of them. But he just the end result is him looking really good out there. True. Yeah. Okay. Who's your second X factor? Uh, this one's for the Niners. I got George Kittle. And uh, so George Kittle, I got as my X factor. I think that uh, if he has a good game, the Niners got a good chance. And the past two games, in the, in the playoffs, I believe I did this correctly, he only has four receptions for 35 yards in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, last game, Garoppolo didn't throw. Right, and the, the Niners have... I mean, well, he he threw in in the uh, who did they play the Seahawks game. They, the not the Niners have done a great job of getting their other guys involved in the divisional game. I just I remember watching it and I just checked stats again just to make sure. They had a couple receivers, uh, some combination between Sanders, Samuel, and Bourne. I don't remember, but like they all had more receiving yards than Kittle. Um, and then obviously last week they relied on Mostert all game. Uh, if they're able to, the Niners are able to connect with Kittle throughout this game, it could be trouble for the Chiefs because I think maybe the Chiefs have focused too much attention on trying to stop Mostert after seeing what he did last or two weeks ago. And then, I mean, the, the receivers are making some noise in the divisional round. Maybe they focused too much uh, against them and forgot about the best tight end in the week. And uh, so, yeah. They played the uh, Vikings in the division round. You said Seahawks. I did. And I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, we'll see. He's, it seems like – I mean, there's no logic behind this, but it certainly seems like he's due. Yep. He's had two kind of dud games in a row. The second one, not necessarily his fault. It was kind of just the game plan to uh, keep it on the ground. But it does seem like he's due. And he comes up in big moments. He yeah. against, against the Saints, he had that big play in the fourth quarter where he took that. I don't remember how long it was, but he had that stiff arm. And that was a big game against the Saints, like late in – it was like December or whatever. Yeah. It was big for home and field advantage. So, he, I, I trust him in big moments, and I could see him have, making some plays and contributing to a win. Also, for the record, uh, Mitchell said my NFL comparison is George Kittle. So, I'm the best tight end in the league. Well, I think you got to stop calling him the best tight end in the league because are we sure he's the best oh, tight end in the league? Like, he is. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. First team all pro. I don't know how you could say that because, like, Kelsey's been number one in fantasy points for four years in a row. Right now he's the best tight end in the league. I Okay. Not just fantasy. Agree to disagree. The um, My second X factor kind of is in line by matchup, but it's Nick Bosa. Okay. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if the – I mean, I'm sure he'll show up. Uh, I, I believe he will be on the premise. Yes, he'll show yeah, up. Yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably be active for this game. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of just the same rationale I said in the first – when I went when I talked about my matchup to watch, but I think he'll be key. If he can get a sack or two, that's going to be big. And we'll see if he can make Mahomes uncomfortable or whatnot. So – yeah. How many sacks does he have on the year? I'm trying to look. I gotta. We gotta have like a. We gotta have a third guy just to look up stats for us. Cause That's that guy. Yeah. We should maybe, be higher. Maybe one day. He has nine sacks on the year. Okay, I don't know yeah, how many he has yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, he has actually. Whoa. He has three sacks in the playoffs. He had nine in the regular season, but right. three in the playoffs. So definitely got no after the quarterback in the postseason, and um, if he can continue, I don't know. I. I mean, we'll get to our game predictions in a second, but I had a really tough time with this one. With what? Game predictions? Yeah, what do you just, mean? I mean, I'm, I'm, whenever I make a game prediction, I like to visualize like the game in my head. Who's going to score for each team? Okay. Oh, I see the game's going to pan out. And I could see it going a lot of different ways, and I had a tough time. But, I mean, we'll get to that later on. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you said your two were – who'd you say? You said Kittle and – Damian Williams. Gotcha. Yep. All right. All right, so we'll move on to what we think the best prop bets of the weekend are. Right. We're kind of going to – we're going to go over some normal ones, like with yards or touchdowns or stuff like that, and then we'll dive into some, you know, ones that are unique to the Super Bowl 
if you will. It's like some of the, I don't know, there's a bunch of different ones. Well, I'll read them off and we can kind of, you know, analyze the odds and whatnot for, but anyway. Um, You're not going to lie. I didn't really follow that format, but I got some good ones. So we'll, we'll just go. We'll just roll with it. <laughs> all right. Just, yeah, go ahead. Who do you got? Um, all right. So like, I guess kind of normal ones. Well, it's like Super Bowl particular, whatever. I think, well, I think the Chiefs are going to win. So I think Mahomes for MVP, I don't know. I, I, I'd be very comfortable placing – he's the, he's the uh, highest odds to win uh, MVP at plus 115. Um, I'd still take it. I mean, I if you think the Chiefs are going to win, I think – I don't know. It's a safe bet. To, to throw something on on the homes right if, if the, like you said yeah it i don't really know who else it could be if it's not Mahomes. if the chiefs win right well yeah and that actually uh leads to my next one which there's a category that i found i mean uh position to win mvp and for some reason uh tight end was the fourth or fifth position yeah, I didn't. I saw that too. I, and I, I, I think if there's a, if there's a Super Bowl to bet tight end MVP, it's definitely this one. The two best tight ends in the league. It's tight end MVP is plus nine hundred. Like it's the. I mean, obviously there's only one tight. I mean, there's multiple tight ends, but pretty much one tight end per team. So there's only two guys. And like, I guess wide receiver be ahead of that because there's multiple receivers that can win. Running backs, there's multiple running backs in each team that could win. So, I mean, I guess that's why it's so low. But, I mean, it's the two best tight ends. Like, they're they're pretty much their best wide receiver. Like, it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if there's a Super Bowl to bet this, like, it's this one. Tight end MVP plus 900. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly think that's good value at 9-1. to one. Yeah. Uh, it's the first Super Bowl with two tight ends that have over 1,000 yards in the regular season. Yeah. And it is clearly the best two in football. So, right. Yeah, that's definitely good value. I saw that too. I should have put that down. That was definitely a good one to do. Uh, I've got, I've got Jimmy Garoppolo under two hundred and forty point five yards. Mm, that's pretty high, yeah. He, I, I think he'll definitely throw more than he did, but he has to throw more than he did. He only threw eight passes in the right. first two games of, like, in the two postseason games that they've had. He's thrown for. 208 yards combined <laughs> i think it's un well i all i know is the two games it's been it's under 240 so i i don't know i just yeah. think, i just think that's too high i don't i don't see him do i don't see it yeah yeah that's a that's a yeah <laughs> i've also got Raheem mostert over 77 yards he has killed it since like week 13. Uh, I, you, you made a good point how it, it's kind of scary how Andy Reid coming off of a bye and we all, he has, you know, great records off of a bye and whatnot. Right. So that's kind of scary. And if anyone's going to game plan to stop, it'd probably be him. But I don't know. I just. I can see him just having another big game because I I just think he's really good. Uh, he passes the eye test, and maybe I'll be one of those guys that overdrafts him in fantasy next year and falls in love with the moment of the postseason. But uh, I'll I'll be willing to die on that hill. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if yeah we didn't say this on here, and I don't know whoever if you haven't uh any listeners out there any listeners out there who hasn't seen this stat, but Raheem Mostert at Purdue had something like 790s, like below 800 total rushing yards for his four-year career at Purdue, and he had 220 in the NFC Championship alone. Like, that's not yeah, interesting he's, that is what I throw in there. He's been on, I think, six or seven different teams. Yeah. He's been on the Eagles, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, Jets, Bears, and Niners. Wow. Went went undrafted, right? Um, I don't know the the Forty Niners. Shout out to them. They just know how to fit people, utilize their strengths, and utilize them in the scheme that they run. 
Yeah. Do you have any? Well, I, I'd say the two that you gave were normal-ish. Yeah, I got one more normal-ish, and then I got a fun one. Okay. Say your normal one. Uh, Damian Williams to score a second-half touchdown. Um, I Why? think. Why? I think that it's plus 650. Um, okay. I think the Chiefs. Are you laughing? What's funny? It's just so odd. Like, why, why, why does that one excite you? I think the Chiefs are going to be ha- are going to have a lead and then run the ball late, and then I don't know. Inevitably, I think Damian Williams might might fall into the end zone. Okay. I don't know why you think the Chiefs are going to jump out to a lead. Not jump out, but have a lead in the second half, and they're going to run the ball as teams would do with the lead in the second half in an important game. All right. That's fair enough. It's, it's six and a half to one, so that's decent. Like, if you want to – that's a decent payout, I guess. So. Ten down to get 65. Right? right. That all works? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Any more – well, what? What do you have? No, I don't, I don't have any more regular ones, but – Give me a fun one. Well, I don't really have any fun with either. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of read them off so everyone knows oh. the, the the magnitude of things that you can bet on in the Super Bowl. It's just literally anything. There's so many stuff. All right, before you read them off, though, can I read mine? That I yeah. want to highlight. Okay. I don't want you to give it away. Um, the one I liked the most was over under the jersey number of the first player to score. Yeah, that's a complicated one. Over under twenty six and a half. And you also first player or last player to score, but <coughs> whatever you can pick one or the other. So over under twenty six and a half. So those who qualify for the under twenty six and a half notables include Damian Williams, Pat Mahomes. I assume like rushing. Not you can't throw. Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel. Dante Pettis, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Sean McCoy, and then Garoppolo if he runs one in. Those are all that qualify for the under 26 and a half. The over is a shorter list of Mostert, Kelsey Kittle, Kendrick Bourne, Kyle Juszczyk, Darwin Thompson. Those are pretty much the notable ones. But also, a defensive touchdown, it's probably going to be the over 26 and a half unless it's like a pick six and like a corner takes one back. Uh, it's like a fumble recovery maybe. Um, but yeah, so there's more players that are the under, however, you got guys like Mostert, Kelsey and Kittle at the over, I say over twice. I don't know, but but the over is the, as of right now, the time we're recording, the over is the underdog at it's plus 115. And then the under is 143, 143. Right, and I kind of like the I kind of like the underdog. I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's just no way of knowing. But you might as well I guess just take the underdog. The underdog. I don't. I don't necessarily like or feel comfortable betting like these crazy ones that are like pretty unpredictable. I don't know. I don't, I I don't feel comfortable uh, wasting money on that. Uh, I just think it's interesting though. Yeah, you're right. I. And most likely not going to be – I'm not going to do any of these because it is pretty much at the end of the day chance. Right, yeah. But, yeah, it is just fun to look at. But one thing I did want to say is the winner of – so I don't know if you look, looked at this, but it's like a – it's a coin toss parlay. And it's like the what the result of the coin toss is going to be and the winner. Heads, yeah. heads and Chiefs and Tails and Chiefs are plus 255. But Heads in San Francisco and Tails in San Francisco is plus 310. Why is that not the same? Like, uh, are, I don't know. Are the Chiefs, like, exceptionally good at coin tosses this year? Like, why? Like, I don't understand why they're like, – that should be the same. It's, it's like a 50-50 chance, and I don't – I just don't get it. Yeah, it's a coin toss. Like, that should just be straight even. Like, if you were going to bet, why wouldn't you take 
San Francisco because like it's a 50-50 chance and you're getting better odds with them. I don't right. know. Yeah, true. So that's just very odd. Uh, yeah. There's so many there's so many ones you could do. Like winner of the coin toss and winner of game. You can bet on You can bet on big man T touchdown, yes or no. Yeah, not no, not big man, fat man touchdown. Fat man, yeah, yeah. Right. There there, there so there's trick play ones. There's yes. I looked into that. I looked into there was um over under uh two and a half of players to attempt the pass. So, I mean, yeah. is, like, is there going to be, like, a wide receiver or anyone to throw the ball besides, like, someone besides the quarterback? So, I look back in years past. I went back to, like, 2012, and there were only two Super Bowls where that didn't happen, I believe, since, like, 2013. And then there's the same thing but to complete the pass. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it was, like, those trick plays that happened where you, like, a wide receiver throw the ball, like, I guess – it's not that it's more likely that they don't convert. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just so weird. Oh. And it's like any quarterback to throw a forward pass after a lateral. So pretty much a flea flicker. Yeah. Total players to throw a touchdown pass. So yeah, there's attempt a pass, complete a pass and throw a touchdown pass. I've saw, I've seen so many memes or like videos of uh, people doing extensive research on, on the length of the national anthem, and I saw like people DM Demi Lovato and say like, "So what are you feeling this? This how are you how are you feeling for Sunday? Like you feeling like you're gonna stretch this one out or what or something like that?" <laughs> there, I'll get into that more in a second here, but that's funny. The uh, there's also retirement specials like players to retire a week after the Super Bowl ends. Terrell Sugg, Terrell Suggs, Lashawn McCoy, and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh man, really? Sanders isn't gonna retire, is he? Yeah. No, I yeah I, I I wouldn't think that any maybe Suggs, but I don't see how McCoy or Sanders like. No, I could see McCoy. Suggs is plus one fifty, McCoy is plus three hundred, and then Sanders Dude. plus seven hundred. I want to put money on McCoy. I could so see. Oh, and he's like thirty two. It's three to one. Yeah, he's been plagued with injuries. I'm. <laughs> If he finally wins a Super Bowl with Andy Reid, I feel like he just want to go out on top, you know, cap off his career and just retire. Then I feel like that I I, I could definitely see that happening. All right, there you go. Maybe yeah, maybe you should look into it then. Um, then there's the jersey number, like you said, first and right. last touchdown. Yeah. And then the last one they have here. Oh, they also have the the fat man touchdown one. That's kind right, of right, right. And then there's um. <laughs> Will any scoring drive take less time than the singing of the national anthem? Yes or no? Who's doing the research, to, like the proper research for this? Okay. So that I, I, that, that I have to wrap my head around. This is hard to comprehend. Well, well, how long is it? Do we know how long the average national anthem is? I think it's so around like, like a minute and a half to two minutes. Okay. Uh, sure. So yes is the heavy favorite as at minus six twenty five, and then no is plus four hundred. Yeah, I would say yes, which I guess you know, the odds know that as as they indicate. Um, <laughs> it's just so like, who are betting on that? <laughs> I don't know. Like that that is the weirdest one I think I've seen. Like it's two yeah. very unrelated things. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's probably more. I mean, there definitely is more. I, there's Gatorade somewhere. Color of Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic one, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's just funny. A lot of stuff you can bet on. That was just the DraftKings Sportsbook, and I think I that was just a quick glance. There's probably a lot more stuff as well. Um, but yeah, oh, we we didn't give our score prediction. What are you What are you thinking? Thirty-eight twenty-two Chiefs. Thirty-eight twenty-two Chiefs. Okay. I've got 33 to 24 Chiefs. So, you think it's going to be a 60 a two a, almost a three possession game? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Davy Williams second half touchdown. 
Yeah, Damon Williams is gonna find 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 the end zone. All in. Put a hundred bucks on it. No. Put the uh, hog line will profit off of. Uh, um, what do I have? What do I have? Oh, Chiefs minus one and a half as what their line still is. And then when I placed it right when the odds came out, um, 53, over 53. So, yeah, fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. and I, heavy, bet, heavy bet there. So, In the beginning of the season, I bet $5 on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So, And what was it? Was it 90? No, no. It was, it was 9 to 1, so it's only – it's. 45. Uh, 45. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking then. Nine, yeah, nine to one odds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not a mu- it's not much, but it'll be nice to have. It'll be nice to know that I, you know, got it right. So. Yeah. True. All right. We'll see. Uh, also, 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 I predicted this. Let's let's also uh, talk about that too. Did I get every game right so far? No, not the Titans. To beat the Ravens, but you know when we were recording on the beach that episode, I, I predicted this this playoffs. Too bad it was the one year we didn't do the NFL pool. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Sure. All right. I guess we uh we can wrap up uh, with our uh, top three Super Bowl moments of our lifetime. Yes. No, no Steelers included. Top three um, moments, non-Steelers. You can start it off. What's your number three? Number three, I have Peyton walking off a champion in 2016. Yeah, that's nice. I, uh, you know how much I love Cam Newton, and I honestly found myself kind of rooting for Peyton Manning at Super Bowl. I was pretty torn. Uh, I don't know. It's just cool. I love to it. I. I'm a sucker for for greatness. I like to admire admire the greats, and you know Peyton's. One of the best to ever do it, and seeing him walk off as a champion was uh, cool to see. Yeah, that was nice. He led me to a champion, a fantasy championship, the year prior to that. So I uh, will always be grateful for that because it was my first one ever. And you know, he's one of those guys too. That's just a very uh, central part of watching sports in our childhood and our lifetime so right. can't take it for granted because you never know when i mean it's sad i mean the kobe thing you never like with death but also retirement too like they i, it, I know i'm kind of going on a tangent here but the andrew luck thing you never know when these guys are going to stop playing or or whatever sure. so you got to soak up the moment and just enjoy while it lasts so yeah take it in each moment that's a good one i had um well, it's kind of a good and bad, but I had Jermaine Curse's catch in the Super Bowl with the Patriots and Seahawks. Right, okay. Just because it was – well, first of all, when it happened, no one thought that he caught it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, just an incomplete pass. Then you look at it again, and it doesn't hit the ground. Yeah. His, his arm, his leg, his shoulder, his leg again, and then he catches it. And it was just such at a, such a crucial time in the game. I, I think there was probably like what a minute, minute and a half left. Yeah. Um, they're down four. And what made it even more special for me personally, if the Seahawks had won the game, I would have won our NFL pool. So when that happened, and I saw that it was a catch and not a complete pass, I'm going crazy. I'm like, I'm gonna win this thing. They're at the two yard line. Like I was, I was freaking out. I'm like, this is awesome. And then obviously my heart, You're crushed. Out. And then my heart ripped out at the end there. I'm, I was, I was literally speechless. I didn't talk to anyone for the rest of the night. I'm not even kidding. And Kieran won of all people just because of the Malcolm Butler stupid play. But now, I mean, it was a great catch. So, and it, and it's forgotten about. No one, no one talked. I mean, people talk about it, but people would have talked about it a lot more had they won the game. Right. So, just because it was a very emotional moment, ups and roller coaster of emotions, I had to put that on the list. So that's number three. Um, all right, my number two, I got the Mario Manningham catch. That's also my number two, and I will probably have the same number one if that's number two. So 
Really? I mean, no, I don't think you're going to have my number one. All right. Maybe not then. And this number one is near and dear to my heart. Um, but anyway, Manningham. Uh, I mean, I just, I remember it so vividly. You remember Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just remember it so vividly. Um, I don't know. Just like, I obviously love Eli Manning and the Giants. Um, I'm sure most people are rooting for them. Maybe not Eagles fans, but uh, yeah, I just, when that happened, I'm like, you know, going to the Super Bowl, I just remember thinking, like, are they, there's no way they could, I didn't think they could do it again. You know, the Giants hit on the Pats again. And then when that happened, I was, you know, that was a pivotal point in the game. And I was like, they actually are going to do it again. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, spectacular throw, throw and catch. Shout out Eli, Hall of Famer. We haven't had an episode since he retired. I love you, Eli Manning. Um, yeah, anyway, very great play. <laughs> what do you have to say about it? Yeah, that was one of the tightest windows you could throw a football in. And he fit it right in there. And I don't know how long it was, but it had to have been 40, 50 yards. And yeah. Just putting it right in the spot you needed to in the – at the biggest game, at the biggest moment, you know, just made it such a spectacular play. And and, and, the, and like you said, I wanted to go back to how you said, going into the game, you don't really think that the Giants could do it again. That year, the Giants were 9-7. and seven. Yeah, wow. Take down the Patriots twice in four or five years or whatever that was is crazy. And off of two... Amazing miracle plays that if you did it a hundred times, you'd probably would be able to do it maybe one more time, if that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm 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 excited and kind of curious to find out what your number one is if it's not the David Tyree catch. I'm gonna try to give you a hint. Maybe you can guess it real quick. Okay. Um, try to think of my younger years. Who was my favorite player that I would like to emulate my backyard football game of. Okay, so it's Devin Hester's kickoff return. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely my number one. His opening kickoff return of the 06, 07 Super Bowl. Right. I want to get a Devin Hester jersey so bad. Yeah, when we were little and we used to play backyard football, Jack was, you know, pretty... Elite at, uh, you know, kickoff returns. And at the yeah. time, Jack's six years old, and Devin Hester had one of the best return seasons of all time. So try to emulate his game after Mr. Devin Hester. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – and I like how as he's running, he's watching himself on the big screen. That's kind yeah. of um, – and yeah, it's and this and they didn't and obviously didn't didn't end up winning the game, but right. it uh, it's pretty deflating when you're the op- opposition and the other team runs back the opening kickoff. That's not a not not the way you want to start off at all. What's uh what's your number one? Yeah, I mean it's David Tyree. That like yeah. I mean number one to us is Antonio Holmes because of like, course well, the yes, game of touchdown, course. but th- that's got to be the most ridiculous play because that's the definition of saying a prayer and if if you get inter- like it, there's a high probability that ball gets intercepted right yeah so it's just literally like okay i don't care if it's like, intercepted this is our only chance of winning the game and he just yeah. chucks it up and uh, there's no words to explain that so i don't know like i every time i watch that play I'm still shocked that it happened. It's like, I, even though I know what's happening, exactly. I, I know yeah. the outcome, but I know what it led to. It Every time I watch it, it's just, I can't believe that it happened. Yeah, that's a great one. The only reason I didn't pick that is just, for some reason, I couldn't, like, vividly remember it, you know? I mean, I was young, but I was, like, six. I just, I don't know. I couldn't, like, vividly remember it. And I guess it didn't stick out. Obviously, I did fantastic plays. It didn't stick out in my head in my memory as, you know, as right. much as it should. But, yeah, good good, uh, good moments that we had there. Honorable mention would be the Saints converting the second half onside kick when they went to the Saints. Yeah, I was thinking about that one. 
yeah. I don't remember. It's, I, I think I had another one in mind, but I don't remember it now. Yeah. Cool. They sh- I'm, I'm sure you could bet it somewhere, but they should do... Um, will the opening kick be an onside kick in this year's Super Bowl? That, if you're saying yes to that, that's just a waste. That's just a waste of whatever you're wagering. Why don't teams do it? I don't know. I think I said it's, I not, gonna, it's not like uh, it's not likely it's not going to happen. I'll just give up the ball and give up field position. If so. I'm ever a head coach and I make it to the NFL and I make it to the Super Bowl, I'm doing an onside kick. All right, yeah, now that's documented, so they're going to be ready for it. So hopefully they don't go back into the archives of episode 64 of the Hogline podcast. And hopefully a team doesn't hire someone that has zero football experience. Me? I, I'll work my way up to the top. I'm going to – you'll see. Don't tell me. Um, yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, have fun. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Soak up every moment. Uh, bet on some crazy props. And um, just enjoy yourself. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, follow us on Instagram, at Hogline Podcast, at Mitchell Manis at underscore jack dot manis underscore and tell your friends tell your grandma tell your professors and tell your barber tell dentist. your tell your dentist tell your hygienists don't forget about them too they're very important they honestly do more work than the dentists i guess they do all the dirty work and the dentist comes in like boom 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 and you're good no cavities but the hygienist the one getting in there and cleaning your teeth Sure. They're underrated. So tell your hygienists about the show and everyone I mentioned. And, um, yeah, everyone, have a good week. Thanks for listening. And uh, rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. See ya.